you are checking out one part of a three-part episode of the LV Pizza Fest. And I've divided the episodes into central themes, right? I'm talking to a pizzeria and they're going to be talking about this theme. And for this episode, the theme is experiences from starting a pizzeria. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember to always ask, what's good dough? Before we continue on with the episode, I want to give a huge shout out to Cordo Olive Oil. The difference between quality versus commodity, fresh versus rancid, is night and day. That's why amazing pizza makers like John Arena, Laura Meyer, and Chris Decker use these at their restaurants. But seriously, Porto is an amazing product. And if you make pizza professionally, whether you do a pop-up or run a brick and mortar, you can try it out for free. Just email idrift at what's good dough or DM me on Instagram at what's good dough. I'll also leave that information in the show notes. Thank you to Cordo for sponsoring the podcast. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, nice to meet you too, man. Yeah. Ryan, this is my partner, Ricky. Nice to meet you, Ricky. I drift. Nice to meet you. Yeah. I drift? Cool. Yeah, exactly. Like a car. I, like a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, you mind if I stand too. next to you guys? Please, please, there you go. What do you drive? Uh, I, I sold my Evo 9 to buy the restaurant. Very admirable. <laughs> fucking A. You know, but I got I drive a Tesla now, so I knew what the fucking, uh, where the future hold, get my money for it when I can. The future of drifting is on a heavy-ass Tesla. Uh, not quite yet. Well, that'll be the, you know, restaurant number two will get me to what I'm looking for. <laughs> so we're with Rebellion Pizza over here. What are you guys making? We're doing the Stunner. It's going to be a New York style sesame crust, vodka sauce, um, cup and char pepperoni, fresh sliced jalapenos, Mike's hot honey, fresh basil, fresh basil Pecorino Romano, little oregano. Uh, it's kind of a, 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 a increased version of our spicy honey pepperoni that we do at the restaurant, which is uh, fresh, you know, pepperoni, jalapeno, Mike's hot honey. We sell a ton of it. We wanted to do like a kicked up version of that that we did the last year. So it seems like it's being well received. That's good. And if you were to describe your style of pizza, could you put yourself in a box and put a label on it? Uh, we know we try not to. We're just here to do our best. And, uh, you know, we've worked for some of the big guys. And it's nice to have a partner and kitchen manager, fully loaded team of some of the best guys. So we can really focus on quality and service. You know, that's really what we're trying we to do. We really also apart. like to try and be creative as much as possible, right? We like to think outside the box when it comes to certain toppings and ingredients and the styles of crusts and all kinds of things that we can make it, uh, you know, look aesthetically uh, appealing as well. Not, not just the flavor also, you know. I see there are sesame seeds on the crust. Yeah. Is that typical of all of your pizzas or just the ones that you're making we've here? just started. It's something we've kind of done just for events like this, and it will probably roll out to the restaurant. Like I said, really trying to keep it as uh, clean and basic as we can at the restaurant to the degree of quality and trying not to step out too far and live that, you know, we're not able to hold on to that quality. So it's been nice to branch out a little bit. Okay, cool. And uh, tell me about opening a restaurant in the Vegas area. Is Has it been easy, hard? Absolutely not. You know the answer to that. You know, it's one of the toughest things you could be, probably be doing nowadays. We're in Las Vegas, top 20, you know, you know, hospitality city of the world uh, in that aspect. So I think really in terms of what we're trying to do is if we can keep up on the talent and these guys helping us make out great pies, it's really helping us. And that's really what we're trying to do is trying to find the best team that we can put together. We got our kitchen manager over there, Mikey, Lee Pytel over here, Marco, Barry on the oven. He helps us out with our dough and we literally couldn't do it without those guys. Oh, yeah. Anything yeah. to add there? Uh, no, this, that, like he just said, the staff is All what right. makes us who we are. It's, it, we couldn't thank them enough and appreciate them for what they do enough 
uh, we try to we try to do the best we can to make them as happy as possible. That's the, uh, the join the rebellion. You know, that's that's the if you can keep joining the rebellion, it's going to help us keep our model going. You know. Let's go. And what does that what does that mean exactly? Uh, again, the better staff, it lets us just focus on a higher quality product without stretching our our restaurant's 1,500 square foot. We're a quarter of the size. We're a tenth of the size of some of these restaurants over here. So again, it just lets us focus on the quality for our neighborhood instead of uh, you know pandering to the strip or tourists. We really just want to take care of everybody that walks into our building. We know them by name, and I mean literally everybody that walks into our building. We we know all of them as regulars. I love that. I love that. Any final words for the audience listening? If they want to start their pizza business tomorrow, where does one start? Uh, you know, get in there. Go. Every pizza shop is hiring. Whether they need guys uh, prepping items or making dough or doing dishes, do whatever you got to do to get in. And the whole idea is that it's such a uh, such an evolving business. There's always way to move up. Get in. Do what you can. Right. Even at our level, we're do we do dough classes. We do bread classes, focaccia classes, pizza classes. So if you see something like that and you can jump into it, you know we'll see some talent and we might offer an opportunity that way as well. But especially even on YouTube, learn everything you can during COVID. I think I watched every single video on pizza on YouTube, and we were making pizza for 20 years before that. So, you know, never want to, it's such an innovative uh, business. There's so many things changing all the time. You really want to stay at the tip of, uh, you know, all the new stuff. Yeah, be yeah. really innovative. Yeah. Okay. One curious question. How did you two become partners? Uh, opening up restaurants. Yeah. We opened up, we opened up a few restaurants on our, uh, uh, in different aspects here. But uh, we met at Yard House in 2010. We opened up the Yard House at Red Rock. Uh, we became real big beer guys at that moment. And then... Uh, a few years later, we were uh, Ricky was got the opportunity to open up another pizzeria here in town, which has uh, done very well for itself. And then uh, I actually pretty much asked him. I said, "Hey, is that place going to be legit or what?" And he said, "Yeah, come on, come on by." So then we opened know. up Pizza Rock in 2013. So I was lucky enough to be the first GM over there. Ryan was the first guy I called. Oh. Said, "Hey, come run the bar." Yeah. yeah, yeah, we were yeah. with him for the first six years. We opened up everything in Vegas, uh, you know, up until 2019 uh, with them. So I, uh, working again, working with going back to everything else we said. We got to work with Tony G for six years. Laura Meyer, uh, Tony Andreasen, uh, all his kitchen managers, all his chefs, and uh, nowadays the two especially, we all kind of share past and prior lives with employees and stuff like that too, so it helps building all those relationships ahead of time, but yeah, you can't, we're not gonna put weight, fall that by the wayside. We definitely got to work with the best for, and again, put yourself in that position where you can work with the best and uh, you're gonna kind of absorb absorb those things too. I love that, and yeah. by the way, this podcast is sponsored by Cordo Olive Oil. Can we do a segment Absolutely. with Cordo? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Can we, you guys wanna hit a dab with me? Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Truly or their new one, lemongrass basil Ooh, olive. Yeah, let's go. What are we doing? Dab it. Where's it coming out? I think it comes out of the What's up everyone? I am with Danny and Alex of Yukon Pizza here at the LV Pizza Fest. What's up y'all? What's up? We're excited. How's it going man? Good to see you. I'm doing great and I just wanted to know what are you both making here at the LV Pizza Festival? So first day is doing the women in pizza thing. Yeah, so um, I'm over at the Women in Pizza booth. Uh, so it's a great organization that we've been a part of for a couple years. Uh, it's myself with Yukon, uh, Madison of Pizza Stone, a local uh, wood-fired pizza truck, and then uh, Chef Adriana of Double uh, Zero Pie and Pub, uh, the new spot from uh, Michael Backname. So we're going to be doing uh, kind of a uh, deconstructed eggplant parm pizza. We've got a beautiful eggplant uh, cream sauce as our base, lovely smoked mozzarella, confit tomato and shallot, a gremolata and parmesan frico at the end. So you get a little crunch and getting all the flavors of the of an eggplant parm just a little mixed up. 
So we're doing a home meats Nevada pie here. So it's going to be a Spanish manchego cheese base. We finish it with a fresh sage, sage oil, pine nuts, and a little hot honey drizzle on the top. So it's nice and simple, but it reflects kind of the, the spot I've lived in for the last 25 years. What do you mean by that? I've been in Nevada for the last 25 years, and it's uh, been a home to me for that long, as well as Vegas becoming a really good home for our pizza like community and our family here. So happy to be a part of it and happy for the pizza festival today. Speaking of Vegas community, it being hot here, can you describe to the listeners at home, if you could describe Vegas pizza scene in one word, what would that be? Say support. Support. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, that's a good way to capture it, is support, friendly. It's, it's everything that is a uh, group of people that really want to help each other succeed. Now, my audience of listeners love pizza, but they also love the business of pizza. Many of them are new to the game or wanting to get started. And you all being kind of in the middle of that, you know, spectrum of being new and being veterans. You all have been at this Three years now. Three years now and celebrating your one year anniversary at the shop. Congratulations. Thank you. What is your best piece of advice for someone who is looking to start or is just getting started? Can we switch it up and go with Alex first? Uh, There's probably two things is uh, building a team that you can work with and trust to to help you grow Uh, and also staying consistent and diligent. You have to just be at it every day in order to build and grow your business. I mean, there's always times you need to rest and take days off, but it's that consistency over time will deliver the great product. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, consistency and not giving up. There's days that are hard, um, and it's, it seems like everything's falling apart, but tomorrow is always a new day, and remember that we're you and we are very lucky to be in the pizza industry, and it's best thing that I can imagine doing and it's so fun and just remembering that remembering why you love it even when the business stuff can get frustrating or get you down a little bit remember at the core of what we're doing is we're making good food for your community and uh, that's always something to keep in the back of your mind so you don't get discouraged I didn't relay this information earlier but Danny and Alex are a husband and wife team so I want to ask you both what do you do together and individually when things get hard and you just need to power through? Is there something you do in the middle of the shift or after work or something even before work when you know you're going into a hard week? Who wants to take it? It's the thing, it's like what you've learned over time is is you have to communicate. You gotta talk to your people and talk to your partner when things are hard and you have to let them know that you need a little help because otherwise you build it up inside and you get frustrated and you snap and that's when it gets really bad. So as long as you're talking and letting people know how you're doing, if things are hard, you just gotta say, I'm having a bad day or I'm having a hard time. And instantly you'll have a network of people that are ready to support you, pick up the slack, help you out versus someone who's steamy in their head, not knowing what's going on and and can be a uh, stick in the wheel kind of thing. Absolutely, and if you need to take a second to go walk away, do it. We encourage ourselves and our staff to do that all the time, even if it means you know we'll be behind for a couple minutes. It's absolutely worth it to do a little reset, go go scream in the walk-in if you need to. Um, but like Alex said, absolutely, the, just communicating your mental and emotional needs uh, throughout throughout the shift or the week or whatever's going on for sure. Early on in this conversation, we said LV Pizza Scene is all about that support. So whether you are sticking your head in the freezer to yell or just taking a walk and 
maybe communicating it later down the line. You got that support from the people that you work with, the people that you love, and even everyone here. It's such a great community. I am so honored to have this opportunity to talk to you both. I have one gift for you all. Thank you so much for being here. This show oh, yes. is sponsored by Cordo Olive Oil. So have at it. Oh, hell yeah. Can you say that one more time? Oh, for this the is the best olive oil. We use it's it for favorite. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I'll be going around later when the pizzas are out doing a drizzle. Uh, hopefully we get to share a slice together. Oh, I think absolutely. so. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Anything you want to leave with the audience before we head out? Celebrating our one-year anniversary, December 11th. Uh, come and see us downtown Las Vegas. Hell yeah. Anything special that y'all are doing? We're going to have giveaways. We're going to do a toy drive for uh, since it's so close to Christmas time for the uh, kids in our community. Free slices, raffles, giveaways. We're going to bring back some uh, old customer favorite pizzas that haven't been around in a while. So a lot of surprises in store, and it's going to be a great time. Sounds like a blast. See y'all there. Thank you. Yukon's crust is one of the best white-fired pizzas that I've had. Oh, it's, it's, you can't beat a 120 year old sourdough. No. No, it's good. And it's so soft when you bake it and crunchy on the outside. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then the Justin Ford coming in and just like elevate. We used to do pizza parties in his backyard before this was a thing when he, we were coming to college together and Justin came in and really helped elevate everything. And it's just it's fantastic. But this, this event alone is great. Like all the pizza makers around town are just. We're very lucky to be here today. Oh, the culture is amazing. Yeah, it's so good. And the day is beautiful. It's not too hot out. It's really great. Amazing. Love it. So, and I'm, I'm biased. Of course. I'm, I'm biased. You're a supporter. I'm, I'm biased. But no, <laughs> but just he's coming, doing coming from into what was called into the world parties where he'd text people and be like, hey, we're meeting at the end of this road. I'm going to have my pizza up in the back of my car. Come out, bring your friends, and then uh, just bring me some beers or whatever. It's amazing what we were able to accomplish in the in the pandemic, right? It's like, or sorry, not just accomplish, but like what we had to do to innovate and redefine ourselves. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where, like, the, all the negativity that was surrounded by that episode, that event in the world, and people like them that harnessed it, were like, you know what? We're gonna make people that haven't tried our pizzas. We're gonna give them an opportunity because they were at home. It was always like, oh, I've been meaning to get over there. I have work, I can't do it, you know, the end of the world parties, and then allowed them to like come through and be like, oh, I've always wanted to try it, so now I can just drive by your house and grab a pie and do Instagram ordering and all that stuff, just all of that, like self uh, advertising and just like getting out there and then like being in the Vegas test kitchen, you know, the come up has been really great. It's been really cool to see. I mean, that's what it's all about, watching that come up, right? Oh, oh man, yeah, and then just being like full supporter, being like, all right, like, like, We'll have pizzas in the backyard still, like every once in a while. But like, no, we're like, we're like, more than happy to go to the restaurant, throw down my fat wad of cash, and be like, I want five things off the menu because I'm starving. And That's it. And I want to support you. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Good talking to you, Scott. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was Scott of Yukon uh, Pizza Support. Yukon <laughs> Pizza. Yeah. Scott. Before we continue with the show, I want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Uni Pizza Evans. Holiday season is upon us, so if you're looking to give the gift of pizza to someone or to yourself, because I love to give myself gifts, check out Uni. Uni Pizza Ovens is the world's number one pizza oven. With temps reaching up to 950 degrees, you can make the pizza of your dreams at home or on the go. I mean, they're portable, right? Uni makes everything you need to level up your pizza game or even start your pizza business. So use the link in the show notes for my affiliate link. And thank you for supporting the show. And also, thank you to Uni for sponsoring the podcast. 
Bacho cheese has so much to offer. Its distinctive flavor, signature kiss of buffalo milk, and superior performance almost can't be described in words. But I recently spoke to Brett of Izzy's Pizza Bus, and he says he loves it for its quality, price, and the fact that they have a rewards program, so he gets paid for using quality cheese. Sounds like a no-brainer, right? If you're a pizza maker looking to taste the difference, let me know and I'll connect you with them. You can reach me at idrif at whatsgooddough.com or DM me on Instagram at whatsgooddough. Thank you to Baccio Cheese for supporting this podcast. I'm with Carmine of Sette Bello in the LV Pizza Fest and we're doing something amazing. We're making pizza today. It's a good time, right? It's a very good time, yeah. How's your day? day? My day is going good. Everything yeah. looks good. Weather's great. So we're excited. Ready to go. What are you making today at the Pizza Fest? We're making a, an Anduja pizza, which is a Calabrian uh, salami that it's spreadable, a little spicy, and it's going to have a small kick to it. I think people are going to love it. Don't you fear that people are going to shy away from the spicier things? I mean, the Anduja it can be a little shyer, but it can shy people a little bit. But when it's cooked, it actually loses a little bit of the spiciness to it. So it just kind of have like a hint of spicy. So if you are not too shy about spicy, it, it's 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 doable. I love spice, so I'm looking forward to trying it. <laughs> and I think for the people who aren't here, they want to know what are you putting that beautiful Anduja on? Is it um, what kind of style of pizza? It's a Neapolitan pizza, so I've been doing Neapolitan pizza for all the years I've been working. And I'm actually one of the ambassador of the VPN, which is the Vera Pizza Napoletana that it's around the world. We were number eight, if I'm not mistaken, here in the United States. So we were one of the pioneers doing this. So I've been doing this for, for a little while. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. What draw you into making Neapolitan style pizza? Because one, it's not easy, and two, it's not the most popular in America. To be honest with you, that's how I started. I'm from Naples, Italy, so it's kind of common thing having pizza that style over there. And the ingredients are great, the heart that is behind it, it takes a long time to acquire that skill. So it always interested me, you know. Yeah? So I wanted to do it right. I wanted to do a good job. So that's how we chose the Neapolitan pizza. It's not an easy one. When you were just starting off making Neapolitan style pizza, because it's so technical and traditional, it's kind of hard for people when they're first getting started. There was a lot of education. There was a lot of education. People were new to it, so we had to educate the people. We got lucky because we got people that were open-minded and curious, you know? So when you have people like that, that they see, okay, something a little more foreign, a little different than other ones, they were like, huh, okay, let's try it out. And we kind of, you know, patiently educate them. Look, this is like this, this is like that, and that way. And the people love the fact that you actually take the time and you, when you explain to them what's behind, that's that's what they really say. Oh, okay, so this is not something that it can be pulled off from anybody. Do you find that you need to battle proving yourself to your customers every day because it's such a traditional style? Do you think that you need to go crazy with toppings or innovate in any sort of way? 
So not as much anymore because at the beginning maybe yes. Now we got a kind of clientele that there is definitely like we're almost 20 years doing this. Congrats. Thank you. So people more or less know what to expect. And regarding the ingredients here, we still have the classical pizza, but if you do correctly, you can put a lot of things. They don't have to be only classic. You can put a lot of ingredients. You can get crazy in a certain way if there is that balance to it, if there is, you know, like tot and flavor, balance. So you can get creative. So even ourselves, we do like special pizzas every week and we go from a lot of ingredients, even American things who like we've done brisket before we've done carnitas but we try to do it great and i think it's a good thing to do that's the secret do it great right yeah absolutely what's the other secret because being in business for 20 years someone who is just starting out they're thinking wow i want to hit a home run like that what's the secret well the secret is first of all yes you do need to know what you're doing yes you need to know how to make pizzas and to have like a little bit of background on that Location does help, for sure. Um, for somebody that is starting, it might be a little more difficult to acquire, but you know, you just gotta do a little bit of homework before you do. Because I can, I understand, it, it, it could be scary, you know? And it's not as easy as it seems. So past the three years, five years mark, that's when you can say, okay, we're doing fine. Is there a mistake in your pizza journey that you want others to avoid? Uh, yeah, definitely there is a, you know, some. I would always, not because I've done it before, but like pizza classes or, or like consulting. I think it's a good idea to actually get a consulting if it's possible in your ability because you avoid buying useless stuff and you are avoiding making wrong setup. What are those useless things in wrong setups? Give me details. It could be an oven. It could be just, you know, the tools. It could be a wrong mixer. It could be just, you know, the design or the kitchen does not make sense because everything has got to make sense. How you move, it's got to be easy to turn around. You got to know where to plate. You got to know where it's got to be the expo stations. The kitchen in the back has got to be functional, you know. So I would say just, you know, the structure, how things and what to buy, like, like whatever you need, you know, in a restaurant. I think that would save you a lot of money in the wrong time. Because I have customers with they have come to do classes. Oh, I wish I had them bought that. And I tell them, you don't need that big of a mixer. You spend like 20 grand for nothing, you know? Yeah. So things like that. One piece of advice can save you 20 grand. That's huge. I, I think it's more than that. I, I think it's just on the mixer. Then there is other equipment that they could cost a lot more. like. Where, which hood, where to get, you know, maybe not buying everything new, maybe getting something used, maybe get the other one like that, and other things which I would rather get new instead used, you know, things like that. I have a number of people who are thinking, I want to open a Neapolitan spot, and maybe that's my concept that I choose. But I'm worried that we have another black swan event like the pandemic, where Neapolitan pizza, if you didn't have an established business, will be very difficult to operate. Do you have any piece of advice or way to work around that for them? 
I mean, you know, Neapolitan pizza could be still a little bit scary, but you know, in my experience, like I don't want to be repetitive. If you actually do that kind of education and you you educate yourself on how to make the product perfect and and be like the hardest thing is to hit it right every time and then educate your stuff. People are gonna appreciate all the work you put in it and people are gonna appreciate the high quality of the ingredients you use. So they're gonna pass that. And then if you want a crispy style, which sometimes I do want to, that's okay. There is a one for everybody, you know? And you're okay making it a little bit crispy? I'm okay to make it a little bit crispy upon request, but you know, it's not, the other one, it's, it's not gonna allow us to go further. And there is standards that you cannot do more than a minute and a half. So that's as, as, as much as we're gonna stretch. But I think, People could do it. People that have done it. There is a lot of successful business they've done the Neapolitan pizzas. So I think, you know, if done right, definitely you could be successful. You have been very wise with your words, and I think a lot of people are going to appreciate this. What do you want to leave the audience with today? Uh, I, just, I just want people to eat good. Just make sure whatever you go, whatever style that is, make sure you eat good food. That's what I strive on. I'm, I go to sleep fine because I know I'm giving my customers great, a great experience and great food. There is nothing bad about what we use. So I would say choose wisely. What's, if, if that's the case, what's the secret to good Neapolitan dough? I think the dough actually needs to be worked for longer periods of the time because the flour and hours are a little different than one they were like two, three hundred years ago. So you need the skill to have the, you know, the dough outside. You gotta know when it's ready. You gotta know how it ferments. You gotta know the smells. You gotta just, you gotta get it right. There is no recipe for that. It changes over time, every, every couple of months. So. I think that's what the people, they got to start paying attention. That's great advice. Carmen, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm with Chef Gio, Giovanni of Old School Pizzeria. Why that name? That's a very interesting story. So when we got, we got the location before we got the concept. And we looked at the neighborhood up on Craig and Lawrence in North Las Vegas. I looked around with my wife and I said, you know, what this neighborhood needs is just an old school pizzeria. And we went the, with the name because it, it fit, everything fit. So it, was, uh, it wasn't like pre-thought other than that's what the neighborhood needed. And in your mind, was there an ideal type of old school pizza that you wanted to serve in this pizzeria? Uh, okay. That's a very layered question. So let me get to, to the very bottom of it. To me, uh, the fundamentals of, fla of flavor are very universal. So uh, taste bud is something that really, truly unifies mankind. And so what my goal was always is to do things in an old-fashioned way, in an old-school way, flavor-wise, so that it would appeal to all uh, people from all different backgrounds and all different walks of life and all you know so yeah that 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 was that was a thought process behind that so like the thing I had in the back of mind is 
would my grandparents or my great-grandparents think that this was good? Because I believe that back then people ate uh, foods that were more wholesome. I believe that since the 20s, kind of we, we as a society have commercialized food to a level where it's not as wholesome. So that was my driving factor. So then what gave way to, and this is why I said it was multi-layered, what gave way to the dough style is I said, okay, so I, w what that means is that I can't use commercial yeast because my grandparents, my great-grandparents, it, it would be all natural leavened. So that's, that was the, the start of it. And then it, it literally took me five years to develop my dough. My sous chef, Maria, I thought at some point she was going to just murder me after about three years of coming in and changing the dough every single time. And it was, it was a lot of effort and a lot of work, but always with the mindset of, could I serve it to my great-grandparents? And if the answer was yes, then I knew it would, it would appeal to the masses. And, and it has. It's never steered me wrong. Were you iterating solely based on flavor, or because you were also doing naturally leavened pizza, were you iterating to be able to manage the dough optimally in your restaurant? Yeah, the, the, the impetus was wholesomeness. And I, I feel like if that's your impetus, then, then the flavors will come. Because uh, to me, obviously, if something's good for you, then our taste buds are going to say, wow, that's good. Right? I mean, there's a reason why we've survived as a species, because we taste things, it's good, and we eat it, right? So if it's good for us, it should automatically taste good. So I, that, was always, that was always number two. But number one was making sure that the products were, were wholesome and done correctly. And expression, each ingredient expressed the best way possible. Can we break down the, the ingredients only because good uh, is subjective? Uh, yeah. See, I'm, I'm going to differ with you. I'm going to say I don't think good is subjective. Really? I don't. I think good is good. That's, that's just my personal opinion. But divine good. Does it taste good? You might have a preference on something that you don't like. That's a different argument. But if everybody say, get a room full of people that like potatoes, right? Er, Everybody's going to agree if there's a potato that is not good because they like potatoes. I think good is good. And so I'm, I'm a little different in that, in that kind of mind frame. Now, there might things, if, you, if you're a guy that doesn't like potato or a gal that doesn't like potato, of course, you're not going to like potatoes. Different argument. But there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way of doing things. And if we do it right, I think ultimately it will be good and people will like it. That's, again, that's might be too old school, but that's just the way I cook. If someone is looking to produce good, yeah. is taking five years to develop dough the strategy? I, th I think that that's a little OCD. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't recommend doing that. <laughs> what do you but, recommend? But, but I think just, again, simple is best. You, you ask on what is my dough, and it's four ingredients. We might add a fifth. So we have flour, we have water, we have salt, we have a tinge of olive oil, and then what I, my fifth ingredient is love. I always put a lot of love into it. That's it, there's, there's nothing else. So what about the yeast? It's all natural yeast. There's nothing out of a packet, nothing. And it's a starter that I got from the island of Ischia, which is outside of the uh, Bay of Naples, 
that's over 300 years old. And we've been perpetuating, me personally, for about 15 years. So it's been, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Too much information, too much information maybe. Are you, are you afraid that people are gonna steal it or are you saying no? Not at all. Not, see, it, it, st steal, do it. That is a great honor because the idea that I should die with the generation is ridiculous. Like my kids should do it, my grandkids should do it, my great grands should do it. We should do it the natural way forever. And so yes, steal it, take it home. Come and see me, I'll teach you how to do it, 100%. So if you go to a pizzeria that is using commercial yeast instant dry, would you say that is not good? Ah, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I think in business, there are certain realities people need to do what they need to do. And I think even commercial yeast can be used responsibly. I just chose not to go down that path. Uh, to me, yeast uh, made up in a laboratory is just that. Natural yeast, you got upwards of 20 different yeast strands. You use commercial yeast, you have one. To me, going the natural way, again, flavor and better for you. That's what I chose to do. But there's a lot of people, for instance, that do a natural starter and then they add just a, just a hint of commercial yeast just to help them leaven it. I don't think that that's so sacrilegious. I think that's okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to fault anybody for doing what they do. That's I, all good. I've always questioned the little spike of yeast. Do you question why they do that and why they don't just try to formulate their dough a little bit more optimally? Well, I, I think that, so, wild yeast is, is, is just that, wild. So it takes a lot of effort and a lot of patience and a lot of moving parts to tame it and get it to do exactly what you want it to do. So I think a little assistance is okay. I chose, again, I chose not to do it because I had to be very idyllic about doing it the, the quote-unquote old-fashioned way, old-school way, so that I would achieve what I wanted to achieve. But I think in moderation, it, it could be done, but again, you really got to know what you're doing, in my humble opinion. Let's talk toppings and make that pivot there. Okay. How do you look at what toppings you put on your masterpiece of a dough? So the toppings are a condiment to the dough and not the other way around. The toppings should always accentuate the dough. And I, I believe that certain toppings go better with certain doughs. And we don't look at that balance so much, but it should be a balance. If you're tasting all, to, oh, the more toppings the better, well then you're not tasting the dough. And if you're hiding the dough, there's a reason why you're hiding the dough. You're hiding the dough because the dough doesn't taste good. But the dough should be the primary focus of pizza. It's pizza. That's what it is. Do you have recommendations for toppings that you preferably work with? Depends on the season. That's why I did a harvest pizza today. Um, and I think for my particular dough, because it's high hydration, takes a little longer to cook, I always use things that are pre-cooked ahead of time. Um, and for me, that works better. Uh, as opposed to a thinner dough like a Neapolitan, then I, I prefer everything on there raw. Because to me, that, that interacts better. That's the thing about pizza. The sky's the limit. You can do anything with it. Anything you want. That's, that's the beauty of it. 
It sounds like you love to push the boundaries. Is there a time where you made a pizza and it just didn't work? Yeah, oh yeah, many times, many times. It's so funny because most people see me as like this uber traditionalist doing everything so traditional. But you're right, I do like, I just don't like throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I like keeping my feet in old tradition, but just extending as far forward as we can. And yeah, I have done some, I have put together some flavors that were just awful, just awful. So yes, that happens, it happens to everybody, but what are you gonna do? What is one that you recommend people don't try? Oh no, oh no, you're gonna put this on me. We're just trying to have a little fun here. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't, re- I've kind of like shunned it off of my memory. Like it's like, you know, traumatic That's situations. If it comes back to you, you can DM me the uh, picture. I won't have a picture, but I'll tell you the ingredients. It was like, it was three ingredients that when I put together, they were just awful. What was awful about it? Wet? Dry? It tasted like nothing. It was so, like the flavors were so, contra- like it was pulling in so many directions that it was hollow in the middle. It tasted like nothing. It was just, just awful. It was horrible. <laughs> Don't serve it. Don't serve it. <laughs> and when you're doing these test pies, are you working alone in the restaurant? Are you taking them no, home? No. Usually when I make... Uh, my best work happens in a situation where it's a party and I'm making pizzas for people and a bunch of ingredients. I'm just throwing stuff together. That's... Yeah. The, the only times that I've ever, like, thought about it, that's when the not-so-good stuff has come to... Really? Yeah. But for some reason, I'm... Everybody's having a good time and throwing some food together. Like I came up with one uh, about three years ago. It's my best seller old school. Apricot jam, bacon, pine nuts, goat cheese, finished with arugula. It is phenomenal. It happened at my cousin's house. We were just sitting there having some vino, doing the pizzas in the backyard, and it just came to me. I just went to the fridge, saw what he had, and I just threw it together. And I'm like, I'm putting this on the menu because it's phenomenal. So that's when I came up come up with my most creative uh, efforts. Is there a name to that pizza? Yeah, the apricot pizza. Very original. <laughs> I love it. Part of this right. podcast is uh, learning from people's mistakes, and this can be the final question if you have to go. Yeah, I know. Um, right. What is mis- one mistake in pizza, business, or life that you want new operators to avoid? That re- that re- oh, man, I could write novels on all the mistakes I've made in life. I think uh, one of the pitfalls that I fall into is, or, or did, especially when I was younger, is that I was trying to be good at everything, as opposed to picking the one thing in business that I was, that I, that I was good at and wanted to feature. And I think that sometimes we confuse the public if we try to do too many things. I'm still guilty of it. I'm still, but I could do this and I could do that and I could do this. And really the message, a very clear, succinct message works so much better. And if there's one advice for uh, new entrepreneurs that just just have a very clear message that you know you're you're very good at and just, just hone it in and just go for it that and the more distractions you have the more I always you know I always uh, bring up the in and out example it's a very simple menu 
It's what they do. They do it well. They they haven't in all these years. They've let nothing else distract them, and it's it's amazing that they've been able to do that, and they're extraordinarily successful. But we all know what that brand does, and we 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 all understand it very clearly. I think I think I still, as a quote unquote old timer, still need to work very hard at that. They execute well. They do a limited menu. You know what you're getting, and their fans love what they do. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I think that that's the formula for success. Chef Gio, old school pizzeria. Thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Nice meeting you. Thanks for throwing an axe with me. Sorry, I look so horrible doing it. And uh, thank you for letting me be on your podcast. I'll see you soon. I'll thank see you soon. You. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed the show and do me a quick favor if you did. If you heard something from a pizza maker that you truly enjoyed in this episode, let them know. I've included their contacts in the show notes, DM them and let them know what's good dough. And while you're on Instagram, DM this episode to a friend who you think might enjoy the show. I appreciate you. I love you. Till next time. Peace.